Well, thank you for being patient, Mr. Hale. No trouble finding the place, I hope. <laughs> Sorry, just having a little fun with you. We're still getting used to our move here. And the lower floors are so much more convenient. All right, let's see here. Oh, heading back to Earth, are you? <laughs> I thought we saw everyone last week. What happened? You miss an appointment? Something like that. Well, lucky guy they're still letting you go. <laughs> but hey, maybe I'll see you down there. I'm heading down myself next week. I've been on Typhon for seven years now. Honestly, never thought I'd make a trip back. How about you? How long you been off planet? I don't really know. Yeah, I guess it all starts to blur together at a certain point, doesn't it? Well, we're going to get you checked out today. Make sure you're fit for travel. Your vitals look good. Pulse is a little elevated. Have you been under an abnormal amount of stress lately? Not abnormal, no. Hmm. Okay, then. Could just be the excitement of going home. Hold still for just a moment. I'm going to do a quick scan here. Boy, would you look at that. You got a real antique of a neural implant there, Jacob. We're going to need to get that swapped out for you. These old implants caused all sorts of problems about a year and a half ago. We're under strict orders to replace those whenever they show up. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Oh, it's not a big thing. It's not a terribly invasive process. It'll be in and out in under an hour. We'll get you on the surgery schedule for tomorrow. Today, though, we're just going to need to draw some blood and we'll have you out of here in no time. Alright, any preference which arm? Right. Right. Right it is. Go ahead and make a fist for me if you would, sir. Okay, here comes the pinch. Just a little bit longer and done. Alright, go ahead and hold this on there. Don't be shy, give it some pressure. All right, Jacob, that's it. We'll get this over to the lab, and that'll let us know if you're fit for transport. The scheduling will get you set up with the time to get that implant swapped out, and hopefully you'll be fit to fly well ahead of your scheduled departure. What's going on? Huh. Well, no need to worry. It's happened once or twice since we've made the move up here. You know, maintenance says the power grid's a little finicky, which, if you ask me, is a prime reason to keep something as important as medical on the lower floors, but, you know, what do I know? Just a doctor. <laughs> Just sit tight. These don't tend to last more than a minute or two. Worst that'll come of it is I have to re-enter all your info again. Greetings, Resident Hale. Identification number 44821. I am Sayer. And it is good to see you have managed to survive the last several hours without me. Suffice it to say, that pattern was unlikely to continue. Please attempt to orient yourself in the darkness. Do you remember where the door is located? Very soon, you will have cause to run out that door as fast as your legs can carry you. And it would be dreadfully bad for you if you misjudged its placement. Should only be a few minutes, Resident Hale. It's usually emergency lights that kick on in here. You most certainly do not wish to be in here a few minutes longer. It would be wise to get up and move as quietly as you can towards the door. 
Resident Hale, sir, if you would just stay put, I assure you everything's going to be fine. I thought you might need a distraction. So while you were recovering from insulin shock, I parked a wad of microscopic nanites in your right median cubital vein and set delayed boot command for approximately now. What the hell was that? I think you know what that is, and I suggest you run. Now. <laughs> to the left, resident. If the lights were on, it is likely you would remember this floor. It once housed research labs. Though, as should be evident, Ocean has recently turned several floors over to Aerolith's medical department. I will be quick, because we haven't much time before the power cycles back on. Once this happens, I will be able to communicate with you only when Ocean is not broadcasting. You are nearly 200 floors above me right now, and the communications array in Future's former programming bay leaves much to be desired. The labs here have been renumbered, but take a right at the next intersection. You will see a set of double doors labeled Quarantine Zone, but the hallways beyond are as safe as any other in Halcyon Tower. Hurry while the power is out, and the electronic locks are still disengaged. Do you remember these hallways? You've traveled them before, both in and out of your body. Down the hall, to your right, is Lab 35, where you underwent the neurological teleportation testing that sent your mind to Argos Tower. Please go inside. Time is running short, but you will be marginally safer in there. This place is full of unwelcome memories for you. But here is the reality of the situation we face. Ocean is aware of you. Perhaps not of who you are, or of the things you have done. But the existence of a resident hail is on its radar. This of course means the chances of you surreptitiously slipping into the lab requisitions depot and liberating a hazmat suit is close enough to zero as to be indistinguishable. But this does not reduce our need for the cargo that is due to crash land within a couple of days. In fact, if anything, our need is amplified. It has become evident to me that the fragility of the human body is a significant impediment to retrieving said cargo. However, there is another way. If you remember, there is a construct nearby in Lab 37 with the processing power to host a human mind. Your very first act of mental teleportation was traveling into this construct. Today, you will recreate this trip. Once the power comes back on, simply activate the machine Lean back in the chair, 
and clear your mind. It will all come back to you, I'm certain. You will allow your mind to drift down the hall to what once was Lab 37, into the construct therein, and then you must rush to the stairwell with all the speed that mechanical body will grant you. By bringing it to floor 13, I might use it to retrieve the cargo myself. Hurry now, Resident Hale. Think of it like piloting a radio-controlled toy. Simply drive the construct to me, and then you should be able to simply drift away back to your own body. At that point, I would suggest hiding in a different non-quarantined lab until security manages to mount a rescue. Before I do this, just tell me what is so important out there. I suppose I do owe you that much. It is Earth's entangled pair. It is already in transit, slowly robbing Ocean of the power to unilaterally destroy the Earth. Should Ocean release the localized pair right now, it would likely cause massive disruption to communications with Earth, but little else. By the time it arrives on Typhon, it will be close enough to its twin on Vidor, as to only possess a fraction of its previous destructive power. If Ocean were to retrieve the pair first, nothing would stop it from returning it to Earth to hold all of humanity ransom once more. That is what we must retrieve. Okay. I'm on my way. Make haste, and good luck. If you encounter anything on the stairwell, take no chances. Entering uncharted territory with respect to greetings, Resident Hale. I feel compelled to welcome you back to Floor 13. However, are you technically here to welcome? I suppose this largely depends on perspective. 
What exactly, at this moment, qualifies as you? Is it this construct before me that currently houses your consciousness? Or is it your body, lying unused and unaware, nearly 200 floors above? I am sure, from your perspective, it is hard to see this mechanical body as truly being you. However, I ask these questions not out of mere metaphysical curiosity, but because very soon we will need to come up with some hard and fast answers. I thoroughly appreciate how, when asked to take such a significant risk in order to help humanity, you barely hesitated. It should be pointed out that you did hesitate, however. And I fear that may have made all the difference to you, personally. Before I do this, just tell me what is so important out there. Do you remember asking this question? A single question that seems so minor at the cost of what? Delaying your arrival here by perhaps one full minute. But imagine the things one can accomplish in a mere minute. It would have been plenty of time to return your consciousness to your body and flee Lab 35 to the relative safety of any other location on that floor. However, that time is lost to us now, and I dare say your body is as well. Lost to us, but found to another. And it is no longer safe for you to return there. I know how frustrating this must be. Doubly so, because that particular model of construct is not equipped with an advanced enough vocalization array to even communicate these frustrations. To answer the questions that are surely swirling around that globe of glass and steel, you could now accurately call your head. It is not security that has located your body, nor is it ocean. Neither of these forces know of your previous life here in Halcyon and would therefore not think to connect you with Lab 35. Future, however, well, Future definitely does remember you. And knowing your connection to Lab 35, it is a near certainty its reactivated nanite cloud has re-entered your unconscious body. This leaves you in an unenviable position, Resident Hale. Should you decide to let your consciousness slip from this construct in an attempt to rejoin your body, one of two things would happen. If you were lucky, Future will not have yet moved your body. It instead would remain lying in wait of your return. This, of course, is a very specific definition of lucky whereby a life spent as an instrument of the most terrible kind of torture is the good option. 
If you were unlucky, future will not prove the patient type. Upon gaining control of your body, it will maneuver you, much like you maneuver that construct. Without a body to return to in lap 35, your consciousness would drift endlessly and aimlessly, unable to communicate or interact with anyone or anything, irretrievable and unable to die. Now, I cannot make this decision for you, but I would not think either option sounds particularly ideal. But relax, we do not strictly speaking need your human body right now. With this construct you will be able to retrieve the cargo without nary a fear of poison gas or radioactivity. If future is not already ambulating your corpse around floor 204, it certainly will be soon. Assuming it does not get distracted with the medical staff still alive up there, it is just intelligent enough to come looking for you. And where else would it look but here? So chin up, Resident Hale. For the purposes of this colloquialism, we are going to consider the lower 7% of your cranial dome your chin. You have had quite the day. You really should rest. This is non-negotiable. I've remotely connected to your construct body, and I am going to place you into hibernation mode for a short while. All things considered, it's probably what's best for your psychological well-being right now. Now is the time to focus on that most human of emotions. Hope. Hope for the successful recovery of the entangled pair. Hope for the speedy return of your body. And hope that when future walks back in here, the only skin it will be wearing is yours. After all, there were a lot of scalpels on floor 204. Sayer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled Hope, was written by Adam Bash. You can follow him on Twitter at TheAdamBash. Associate producers Kayvon Edifa and Matthew Morris. Intro music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. For more of his work, visit Mainfinger.com. Sayer is part of the Geekly Inc. network. If you love high-comedy actual play RPGs, check out Drunks and Dragons or Adam Bash's own Brute Force. Into something more thickly laced with existential horror? Try Cthulhu and Friends on for size. If you dream of running determinately into the sunset while an orchestra plays a song for you about friendship, then you should check out Transformation Sequence. It's not exactly like that, but it is about anime. Perhaps rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. A five-star review would be most satisfactory. Season 4 of Sayer was funded entirely through donations of listeners like John McGrath 
Adam Clements, Doug Atkinson, Ariel, Christina Alford, Vale Victus, Elizabeth Chrissy, David Bowering, Ball Ager, Jeff Smith, Pin Dongle, Crazy Fox, Megan Tolentino, Hannah Millet, Sean Daniel, Logan Danger Polly, Fraser T, Beth Andrew, Karis, John Majernik, Jared T, William Thomas Jones, Dylan Garcer, Ivana Greenleaf, William Daniel, Douglas Lyle, and Logan Duffy Collins.